I want to take a few minutes to reflect on those last words. Um, this idea of, of just adding something. Um, we, we have a number of things that just take one more ingredient. Uh, and so in our household, uh, there's some things that just add water. Um, and so coffee and tea, right? Just add hot water. You've got what you need. Just add the water. Uh, sometimes it's oatmeal and noodles. But you, you get the idea. You just add something. And so there are other things in life that need just one more ingredient. Um, so a little bit silly, but it's actually pretty real. Uh, that is exercise equipment. You get your new exercise re- equipment. It's all set except for one thing. Now you need that sweat, right? Now you got to use it. They designed it. It's great, all these wonderful things, but it takes this one more ingredient. And uh, we are so excited that Angela and Ein's baby, John, was born this week, and so you have a new birth. And it's so exciting. Just add one more thing. Well, now it's a lifetime of growth, right, and learning. And, and so this is like a wedding, right? We rejoice at a wedding. And yet now just add a life of loving each other through sickness and through health, right? It's a journey. So the thing I want to think about tonight is about Jesus' work and the role of his followers, right? Sometimes we think, well, he did his part, and now we're to do ours, right? He opened the way, and now we're the ones who need to carry it. We need to obey. We need to follow. And yet when we think of that, I don't know about you, but I think I can't do my part well enough. And I'll tell you, there are days that I really try and say, if I just do enough, well enough, maybe we can make this work. And maybe you're like me, and every now and then you look around at others who claim to be following Jesus and say, well, they're not doing their part very well either. (laughs) So at least I'm in good company. But leaving the next step to us seems like it's guaranteed to fail. Right? Nobody can carry that. So I want to think for a minute about what was the work that Jesus did. And so let me lead us in prayer, asking for the Spirit's work to teach us. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have put together an amazing, perfect plan. Jesus, we thank you that you lived out that plan. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you apply that plan to our hearts. So Spirit, we ask now, that you would open our hearts. Cause us to open our lives to the victory of our Savior. So we ask that you would teach us in these moments now and that you would give us the joy, the victory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. So very, very brief time looking at these verses. Uh, John 19, the last three verses they read, later knowing that everything had been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he'd received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus knew that everything had been finished. All that had to be done was done. And he said, there's only one thing left for me to do, and I need something so that I can shout it out. Can I get something so that my throat that is parched, so that I can shout it out? And he said, there's only one last thing to do, and that is to declare, it is finished. 
one way that, that this can be read that I don't think is the way to read it, but, but I've thought this at times. It's like he is so tired of this journey, he just wants to be done. <laughs> saying, finally, it's finished, right? What the students say when the last paper is turned in, and you say, whatever happens, I'm done. But that's not what Jesus meant. He said, it has been accomplished. It's been done. Right? Jesus completed everything, and it was all done perfectly. And I want to think just for a minute of what it was that tried to keep him from being able to say those words. It is accomplished. It's done. It's all taken care of. Right, so many things worked against him being able to do this, do this work and to be able to say those words. So think back to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Satan tempted him for 40 days, directly going after Jesus, saying, you don't have to suffer. You don't have to go through all of this. Use your power to meet your own needs. I can give you what you're looking for. Just be done with the hard part. And Jesus didn't give in to that. And so then Satan worked through so many others to try to tempt Jesus, to get him to fall, to fail. His disciples tried to stop him. They said, Jesus, don't talk about suffering. Don't talk about going to die. And Jesus said, this isn't your voice. This is Satan trying to stop me, trying to tempt me to give up. Judas betrayed Jesus to try to get him to stop his ministry. The disciples abandoned Jesus when he was at his hardest point, And they left and denied even knowing him. The people mocked Jesus horribly, making fun of him, treating him like he was the worst thing. And then the Roman soldiers tortured Jesus. And and, and so in this, he endured a horrible, unspeakable death on the cross. In fact, some people have said that by giving him something to drink, it was torture because it extended his life to suffer longer. And all of these things were in an effort to make Jesus serve himself before others. To just get him to say, you know what? I can take care of myself this once. All of this was in an effort to try to get Jesus to be bitter. To say, I'm giving up my life for disciples like these? I'm going to die and they're arguing over who's the greatest? Tempted to be bitter. Tempted to go against God's hard commands. And say, it shouldn't take all this. There must be an easier way trying to stir up in Jesus an unrighteous anger, trying to get him to say, you know what, I'm going to pursue vengeance. It is not right that people treat me or my father this way. I will attack. All of this in an effort to get Jesus to withhold forgiveness. So it was a mighty act on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them. Satan tried to keep Jesus from being able to forgive. And yet Jesus was perfect. He was complete. He always submitted to the Father and always honored God the Father. And and maybe this is more significant. He always loved people. (laughs) He always loved people. And, And I love the tender moment. He's in torture on the cross. And and he looks and takes care of his mom. Right? Obeying the command, honor your parents. And so on the cross. He's arranging, he finds the nearest relative, he knows John is there, his closest relative, and says, hey, you take care of her now, because I can't do this anymore. And when he could be bitter that I should be able to do this, he was perfect and complete. So when Jesus said, it is finished, it was a victory cry. 
I imagine somebody crossing the line at the end of a marathon. But not just a marathon. It's a marathon where every other runner is attacking you and trying to trip you and and, and get in your way and harm you so you can't get there. And Jesus crosses the finish line and collapses in death with a smile on his face saying, I did it. It's complete. It's finished. The big idea of Good Friday is so simple. It's finished. (laughs) It's been done. It's taken care of. Okay, a little bit longer. Jesus Christ perfectly fulfilled all that the Father called him to do. Perfectly. All the time. And by doing that, he fully purchased our flourishing, our joy-filled, abundant life with God forever. It is finished. He bought that, and the price is fully paid. It has been accomplished. So this expression from Hebrews, to me, I find so powerful. Speaking of Jesus, it says, When this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down. The work was done. He sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. I love that. What a powerful expression of what it is to be a Christian. By one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever. No more second guessing. I wonder if I've been good enough. I wonder if that problem's too bad. I wonder if my heart will be good enough. I wonder if my confession's good enough. By one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever. Those who are in process. Those who are being made holy. I love that expression. Jesus, by one sacrifice, has taken care of everything it takes for us to be loved and welcomed and honored by the Father. And as an expression of that love, he starts us on a journey to become like our Father, to become like our Savior, to be made holy. Jesus said it is finished. He perfectly fulfilled all that the Father called him to do and fully purchased our flourishing, joy-filled, abundant life with God forever. It's done. He took care of it. It is finished. The application is so simple. We rejoice in the completed work of Christ. We rejoice that nothing more needs to be done by us or anyone else. It's not he did the first part and now it's up to us to do the last lap around the track. He said it's finished that those who put their faith in Jesus Christ are completely welcomed and loved and honored in God's presence and with God's people forever. He's done it. It's finished. So what is it for us? It's for us to receive it through trusting in Jesus in this work. It's not that he's done his part and now our part is to add faith. All it is left for us to do is to say, that's for me. To trust in Jesus and in his work. And yet, sadly, sometimes, maybe often, we have more requirements for us. And if I can be somewhat transparent for a minute, a way that I add to myself is good works, to-do lists. I think, what are the things I'm supposed to do to add to the work of Jesus? And this can sometimes look so good because they're good things for the church. 
Like what, what I need to do now is here's my list of things that need to be done for the good of the church. Jesus has done my part, and now I've got a list. And I can tell you about my list. I check one or two things off in a day and add four or five. And I, and I have this one document, and it just keeps growing and growing. And I think if I work harder, if I do enough, maybe then it'll be sufficient. And Jesus on the cross said, no, it is finished. It's complete. And I don't know what you put on your lists or what you add to your own heart to say, you know what, there is this sin I have to conquer. Until I conquer this sin, it's not done. There's this good work I'm supposed to do, and until I've done it, there's this thing that I did in my past, and until I can somehow bury it or get rid of it or forget it, it's not enough. And Jesus says, no, it is finished. It's complete. It's been accomplished. There's nothing left to do except trust him for it. Sadly, sometimes, maybe often, we add more requirements for others. And we say, yeah, this is really good. What Jesus has done is really good, and he's done most of it. But you know, there's a few things in your life you need to do now in order for God to really love and accept you. right? And often these are problems that either we're proud that are distant from us, or sometimes they're problems that we struggle with. And we find it hardest to be patient with other people in the things that we struggle with. Sadly, we disagree with Jesus on the cross. He says it's done, it's finished. And we say, well, pretty much. But we got to add a little bit of sweat on our part because we think that would be a good thing. But Jesus fully completed and accomplished all that is required. And so we are to rejoice in this completed work, in the statement, it is finished. Right? To re- rejoice and to rest in this impossibly great gift. As the writer of Hebrews said, though, part of the rest is to join the journey of being made holy like God. But get this, that's not so that he loves us. This is the love of God for us. Being made holy is an expression of his love for his children. Right? It's not so we hopefully will be good enough to be loved someday, but because he has already loved us so much. He is made perfect forever. Those who are being made holy, those who are experiencing this amazing work of God that sometimes is painful, but it is always love. Jesus on the cross in victory said, it is finished. He completely and perfectly did everything that the Father asked him to do. And by doing that, he fully purchased our flourishing, our joy-filled, abundant life with God forever. It is done. It's finished. And he says, will you trust me in that? Yes, Jesus is a good model to follow. But that's not what we rejoice in. We rejoice that his work has done it. That he was right when he said, it is complete. It is finished. The temple curtain is torn. The way to God is opened up for all those who will trust him. And so today... We now turn to celebrate the blood of Jesus in communion. In this, we shift from thanking Jesus for his sacrifice to celebrating the completed work of salvation, that his death is our life. We celebrate Jesus' victory over sin and death. 
We celebrate that this victory came through his perfect life, not our good attempts. This victory comes through his perfect sacrifice, not our endeavoring to be a living sacrifice. We're called to do that, but that's not where salvation comes from. It comes through his perfect sacrifice. It comes through his resurrection that he then shares with us. It comes through his unending life in glory as God. And these things have purchased for us the astounding love of God forever. And so we celebrate the cup. We can join Jesus' cry and say, it is finished. It's done. And here's the journey for me. Every time I turn around, there goes the to-do list in my head again that says, well, it's pretty much finished, but we all know you got to do your part now too. So feel guilty, push harder, and do more. And my heart needs to hear, no, it is finished. Everything that's needed for you and I to be welcomed and loved and honored by God forever in his family has been done All we're to do is to trust and say, I want that for me. And that begins this this wonderful, sometimes very painful and challenging journey of his love, making us holy. And so we say it is finished, a shout of victory. For by one sacrifice he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And so we, we celebrate the cup. And we're told this in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When we in faith take this cup, a symbol, and we say it is finished. We experience the life giving presence and blood of our Savior whose life did accomplish it all. It is finished. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your perfect life, for your perfect sacrifice. We thank you that you didn't give in to any of the temptations. You didn't do what we do so often and become bitter or or upset in, in ways of, that are about our pride. You didn't fail to forgive people. You always honored your Father. You always loved people. We thank you. We praise you for that. We give you praise that you did the work. By one sacrifice, you have made us perfect forever. We thank you. We give you praise. And as we we take this cup, we ask that you would move in us to the joy that comes, the, the freedom that comes by knowing the work has been done. You have opened the way, the way to life with our Father, through you, our Savior. In your name we pray. Amen.